Okay, let's uh, let's begin with Pashas uh, Chayesara. It's uh, just a one, a one, uh, just more of a ha'ara on the actually the end of last week and the beginning of this week. And we end off last week on a high at the uh, at the Akedas Yitzchak, which we we touched on a little bit uh, in last week's shear. Just uh, just a note. It's amazing what a high it is and how mundane though the last few psukim are. Of Parshas Vayera, we end up Yisroch Avinu is almost killed, and Avram calls the, pl- the place Hashem Yireh, Hashem Yemer Hayom, Hashem Yireh, and Hashem. They have the whole pro- the whole process and the promise of a of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and now I know that you're a Yira Shemayim, and then the last five Sukkim, which is kind of a lead into the next stage of of the story in the Avot and the Imahot, Vayhi Maftir at the end of Vayera, Vayhi Achari Advar Ma'ila, Vayugal Avram Lemar, Neyolda Milka Gamhi Barim Lanachrachich. It's told to Avraham. That that uh, Milka had Milka and uh, and Nachar had had children. And it's just It goes through all the all of the uh, the family tree, and it goes through Rivka, and that's why Rashi says the whole the whole family lineage is, is listed. But just what many of the Bali Drush and Bali Machshava point out, why the Parsha going into our Parsha ends ends like that in such a mundane way, and it doesn't end with the Akeda, is to show that Abraham didn't leave it on the Akeda. He didn't leave it on Haramaria. He brought it with him. He took it back into his mundane, earthly existence. He didn't just, that experience wasn't just something that stayed on, on Haramaria, but rather he took it back into his regular, everyday Olam Hazeh existence. That's just a one-line thought um, connecting to the, the, the end of last week's parsha, but really leading into um, to this week's parsha, Parsha's Chayasar. Okay. So now we get to Parsha's Chayasara, which... As you know, the two main stories in Parshas Chayasara is, number one, the story of the, the burial of Sari Imenu, Avram Avinu taking, a, taking, a, um, taking his riches, taking his name, trying to find a burial plot, Parshas Chayasara in Hebron, and the, the um, quantity, the most quantity that this Parsha gives is, of course, to the story of finding a wife for Yitzchak. Something that hopefully we'll touch on next week, but just to allude to it, it's pretty amazing that where's Yitzchak in this Parsha? Where's Yitzchak at his mother's Leviah? He's still on Hara Maria. Where is he in his mother's, by his mother's Leviah? Where is he when, when the whole story, the whole story of finding a wife for himself the whole party, at the end of the party, he's from, coming from Ber Lachai Rawi, which we'll get to, but just to think about maybe, and hopefully next week we'll, we'll, we'll touch on an answer, but it's amazing that in this Parshish Chayasara, which is a lot about, should be about Yitzchak, he is absent. Okay. But the beginning of the Parsha uh, starts off the first Pasuk, Ve'yu Chayasara, Me'ashana, Ve'esrim Shana, Ve'shevashanim, Shnei Chayasara. The life of Sarah, 127 years, Shnei Chayasara. So Rashi already picks up on the fact that it's 100 years and it's 20 years and it's 7 years, all split up. But Shnei Chayei Sarah, what is that last phrase teaching me? He already said Shnei Chayei Sarah. This is the life of Sarah. These are the years of Sarah. So Rashi quotes Shnei Chayei Sarah, Kulan Shavin Latova. They were all good. They were all positive. Kulan Shavin Latova, Shnei, all these years, all 120 and 7, Kulan Shavin Latova. That's Rashi. The Ksava Kabbalah, we haven't had a chance to do any yet, so this is our first time. Rav Mecklenburg, one of the greats from the 1800s, who Rav Chaim was quoted as saying that there were four great gedolim in the previous generation that stood out as proving and cementing the relationship between Torah Shebech and Torah Shebaal Peh, which is something that many of the sects of Judaism that started during the 1800s wanted to break 
that connection. Maybe only believe in one, Torah Shebechsav and not Torah Shebechsav, but there were four great gedolim of the time, Rav Shabshin, Rafal Hirsch, and the Meshachachma, and the Malbim, and the Ksava Kabbalah. Those four, quoted as the, the four that were many, but those were four of the uh, great gedolim of the 1800s that, that strengthened the connection between Torah Shebechsav and Torah Shebechsav. So here you have a Ksava Kabbalah of Mecklenburg, who it's not the Pshutel Shel Pasik, but it's really a beautiful thought. Shnei Chayei Sarah, says Rav Mecklenburg. Hit Oro Mepharshim al Yitur Ma'amar Zeh. Source number one. The Mepharshim have already awakened about the extra phrase this is. Asher Shekvar Hiktim Vayu Chayei Sarah. Already says at the beginning of the Pasik. This is the life of Sarah, etc., etc., 127 years. And then it repeats, Shnei Chayei Sarah, what is that teaching me? V'nira Li. Shul Yudi'enu Bazeh Ma'ala Gedola V'nifla'ah Shal Sarah Imenu. There's a hidden, very deep message about Sarah's life here. Vizeh. And what is it? Ha'adam l'ma'alato akola nivra'im. Man, above all the other creations in the world. Mitzad ha'kavato mechomer ha'afar v'hanefesh haruchani. Adam is made, as we know, from both chomer ha'afar, something physical, gashmi, from the adama, and from ruchani. Right, man is made of a nisham and a guf. That's what the Ramban, I didn't give it to you, the Ramban says on the Pasuk embraces Na'ase Adam B'tzalmenu Kidmuseinu. So Rashi says, why Na'ase, plural, let us make, to leave room for people to deny God. Let us. Oh, there's more than one God. The Ramban says, no, Na'ase, let us make. He's talking to the physical elements and the spiritual elements. Na'ase Adam, we're going to make Adam. Right, then the, the Rebbe of Yitzchak and many other Bali Moser, Adam is even from the word Adama, from the ground. And Adameh, I could be like Hashem. Ledamot. Even just in the word Adam, we see the, the, um, the dual aspects. So says the, says the Ksava Kabbalah, man is the only being in the world, in the, in the universe, in the universes that have this, has this dual makeup. Angels only have one aspect. Animals only have one aspect. Only man has both of these aspects. Let's continue. All animals and creatures only live in the physical world. And the angels and the celestial beings only live, only live in the celestial world. Do they have da'as or not? That's a topic for a separate, um, separate, separate shir. Hopefully we'll relate to it at one point. We say every Shabbos morning. Yitzaram bidas. That means Hashem created them with Das, Bina, and Haskel, or Hashem gave them. He created them and they have the Abin and Haskel. That's what we say every, every Shabbos. So it continues the Ksava Kabbalah. On the one hand, man has to be responsive and take care of his physical needs. Man has to eat, he has to drink, he has to sleep. Right? We have to take care of our bodies. If we don't take care of our bodies, we can't serve our Baruch properly. We have to make a living. We have to be involved in the physical world. But we can't just do that. Right? We also have to take care of right? nourishing our spiritual existence. Nourishing our neshama. That's going to shiurim. That's davening properly. That's, that's being osig in mitzvos. In the middle of line nine. This dual aspect 
of what we live and how we live. Mitzad ha'yoso muvchar habria tzrichim lios agudim achuzim benitzmadim yachad lo yispardu la'olam. We must keep these aspects linked. We shouldn't let one overrule the other one, but we have to use both of these aspects aspects in consonance to be able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Even while I am involved in my physical needs, my eating, my drinking, my sleeping, my goal in those physical needs should not just be, I'm hungry, so I'm filling myself. Obviously, it can't, has to be, you know, we have to enjoy ourselves also, but it has to be accompanied with Everything has to be sanctified. The Mishnah Bura in one place quotes the Shlach HaKadosh, where he says, if everything we eat in our life is be able to be healthy, to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to be happy, to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Su'udas Mitzvah, anything, then everything we eat in our life has the status of a Su'udas Mitzvah. We think Su'udas Mitzvah is only Bris Asiyum, Bar Mitzvah, Shabbos, Yantif. Says the Shlach Kadosh, we can make everything we eat into a Su'udas Mitzvah if we just have the right Kavana. So it continues the the um, the Ksava Kabbalah, the end of line thirteen. We're up to If we just enjoy ourselves in the physical realm and we just do it to be able to get physical pleasure, then we're no better than the animals. That only have that physical element. We have to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu even when we are involved in our physical needs to keep ourselves healthy. He doesn't quote it, but as the Rambam says, Every area in life, you know, we have to know HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's interesting, another sheet is a Tosfus in Mesechah's Brachos. Tosfus, yes, a simple question. Before we do a mitzvah, we always make a bracha. Before we sit in the sukkah, we make a bracha. Before we shake a lulav, we say on the tila Before we do every mitzvah, we make a bracha. What about learning? What about learning? We make brachas Torah in the morning. Let's say I learn in the morning, I go to a shir, make brachas Torah, and then I go out, and I go do carpool, and then I do this, and I go shopping, and, do that. and then I go to another shir at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Says Tosvis, we don't make a new bracha. Why don't you make a new bracha? You stopped learning for two, two three hours, and now you're learning again. It's the only one. If you go out of the sukkah for an hour and you come back, you make a new bracha. If you take off your tzitzes, and you go to sleep, and you put them back on, you make a new bracha. Right, so you always make a new bracha when you have a half second of mitzvah. So what, why is learning different? So a number of the Rishonim asked this, and Tosvis and brachas asked, and Adaf Yod Aleph. So Tosvis gives one answer, that learning is never, learning is never out of your mind. It's never real. It's always, it's not in the front of your mind, but it's always in the back of your mind. Or if Salvechik explained this, he used the terms, there's acute awareness and latent awareness. Because when a child is at home and screaming and fetching, then the parent has acute awareness of the child being there. When a child's in school or on a bus or on a TO, there's, not, there's no acute awareness. The parent's not thinking about that child right now, but there's latent awareness. The child is always in the head of a parent. Right? Parent goes away, child goes away. There's always... That's the, learning is always learning is always in the back of our minds. But one of the other the, the other acronyms suggests that maybe another, another answer. Because at every moment in our life, there are halachos that we must be observing. In our physical life, we're eating, there are halachas how to eat. If we're in business, there are halachas how to conduct business. If we're in the bathroom, there are halachas how to go to the bathroom. Every area of our physical life is sanctified. That's exactly what the Ksav Kabbalah is talking about here. There's the physical realm and it's, there's the spiritual realm. And he says there has to be a symbiotic relationship and a connection between the two. 
Skip now a couple of lines. Go to the end of line 23. That's what's alluded to in our parsha. Shnei chaye Sarah. What does that mean? Just not just the years of the life of Sarah, but maybe Shnei meaning Shnayim. Shnei chaye Sarah, the two lives of Sarah, the life in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm. Shnei chaye Sarah. Rashi kulon shavu matova. Right, they were all the tova. She used both of her aspects of her life in a positive way. As long as she was in this world, she lived this double life in a positive realm. <laughs> in parentheses, I guess uh, he's from uh, German or Yiddish. It wasn't just physical. Right? It's two. It's a double. That's what Sarah. That's what Sarah was about. Not just the years, but the two lives of Sarah. Number one. Continuing with the first pasuk. I have another idea related to the first Pasuk and Medrash that some of you might be familiar with. Uh, but again, it's, uh, you can't learn Pasha's Chayasara without at least mentioning the Medrash. If you never heard the Medrash, it'd be fascinating. Source number two, top left. It says the Medrash Rabbah on this Pasuk. Rabbi Kiva Hayadoresh Yoshevadoresh. <laughs> Rabbi Kiva was giving Shir. Any of you who's ever given Shirim before could relate. Vahatsibur Misnam name. Talmidim started falling asleep. Started falling asleep. Even Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was giving a shear, and the Talmudim were falling asleep. None of, none of us should feel bad. None of us should feel bad. They were falling asleep. He wanted to wake them up. He wanted to tell them something unusual, something wild, something that was a whoa. Right? They, it, they weren't out. They weren't, it doesn't say Nirdam. They were out. They were a misnam name. You know, they were you know, one of those nodding, nodding and trying to keep the head up. Not trying to do your best. They weren't doing So Bikesh Lohar, he wanted to wake them up. So Omar, see, he said, Marasa Esther, in what schus was Esther able to be the Malka of over 127 provinces? 127, Esther and Malka obviously was terrible. She had to live with this animal. But, but she was still, she was the queen. 127 provinces. So what, what gave her that schus? Ella, Tavo Esther, Shahaisa Basbita Shalsara, Esther, who came, great, 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 going all the way back to Sari Imenu, Shahaisa, that she lived, Chaisa, Kuf Fachaf Zayin, Sarah lived for 127 years, Medinos. So therefore, Esther was ruler over 127 provinces. So that wake any of us up. <laughs> All right, we're, uh, we're dumbfounded. You know, what, what Mahakesher between <laughs> Esther's countries and Sarah's years. Just add in another question. Is there any any uniqueness to the fact that Rabbi Akiva was the one that gave this mashal. Dafka Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was a special man. He was the one that the Major says, Hayayoshi Vidarish. So what exactly is the Major? So many, many Mepharshim get into the act here. Exactly what exactly is the Major? We're going to do a Chidushi Arim. It could be a Major's Plia. Major's Plia is usually a two-liner. But uh, it's like a Major's Plia. Source number three, Chidushi Arim. He quotes the Medrash, and then he says on line 5, How exactly is this supposed to wake them up? 
Right? Well, my, what, this isn't like the most exciting, amazing, amazing thing that we would have heard. Ella, what's the answer? Because we saw that Sarah lived for 127 years, 127 years translates into 127 countries. What's the message, says the Gera Rebbe? One year equals one country. Rabbi Akiva was telling them, a year is a country, 127 years, 127 countries. <coughs> and if you think about it a little deeper, if a year is a country, then a week is a city. And if that's true, an hour is a village. Asher Shavya Kama Vakama Alafim in every village there might be thousands of people. Thousands of valuable items in a village. Imkain. What was Rabbi Akiva telling them, says the Khalushia Rim? He was telling them and trying to inculcate in them the value of the moment. The value of every moment. hundred and twenty seven years, hundred and twenty seven countries, a year is a country, a month is a city, an hour is a is a town. A minute is something as well. When you're sleeping for five minutes during Shir, they woke up. And that's how he wanted them to wake up. Because he was telling them every moment. I would like to tell my Talmudim, whenever we have lunch, and now in Yeshiva at 12.30, so it's 12.28. So you already see the rustling and uh, you know putting the papers away in the knapsacks. I'm like, two minutes, it's Olam Haba, two minutes. Two minutes, Olam Haba. One minute, 30 seconds. It's unbelievable. Every moment that we could use. That's what the Chalusha Rim was saying. Every, look, look at the value of every moment. Every moment is a whole country. Every moment is a city. The value of every moment. What's that together? Ones? Standing at an elevator. Right, we're going to floor 38. The elevator's on 26 and going up. So what do we do? We stare at the numbers. You know, we think it's going to go faster that way. <laughs> We think, we look, 27, we look, we see it's going up. So, yeah, we have five minutes. You know, we have five minutes. So what are we going to do in those five minutes? We could be calling all them up in those five minutes. Think about uh, something that I, that I heard in this year. Have a little pocket uh, mishnayas. Review something in. There's so much that we could accomplish. Say, Rav Chaim Kenevsky makes a siyam every era of Pesach on Kala Kula, whatever that means. Kalatarakula. Every Erev Pesach, he makes a siyam on Kalatarakula. One year, he made a siyam when it wasn't Erev Pesach. Middle of, middle, of, uh, middle of the year. And they saw he was tremendously besimcha. I mean, what was he tremendously besimcha for? What kind of, what's the siyam? What's tremendously besimcha? So they asked him. So he says, he says, I'm very proud of this one. He says, Erev Pesach, I make a siyam on, you know, my set, my, my set siddhara, my set, my set uh, learning. He says, you know, but the, what, you know what this siyam is? This siyam is on the learning that I did, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there, I'm sitting at a chassan's tish, and I'm sitting at a here, and, a, and all the time that I'm not supposed to be learning, that I'm just doing other things, that's this siyam. And that's what I'm very proud of. Because that's the, that's the every hour, every moment is a country, is a city. There's so much potential in every moment of our lives. Maybe it's apropos then that Rabbi Akiva Dafka was the one who said this, who gave shir about this. What was Rabbi Akiva's roots? So we know the Abbas Rabbi Nassan, 
tells us in Perak Vava, Avos Rabbi Nassim is an expansion of Perki Avos. It's 30 prakim about. Um, it goes through in much more detail. Every line in Perki Avos has about three paragraphs in Avos Rabbi Nassim. So Avos Rabbi Nassim, it says, Mahayit Chilasos Rabbi Akiva, source four. What was Rabbi Akiva's roots? Amru. Ben Arboim Shana Haya Velo Shana Klum. Forty years old, he didn't know Aleph base. He didn't know Aleph base when he was forty years old. He was standing next to a well. He saw. Sometimes we go on Tiulim and we see the lines on the rocks. So we say, "Wow, there used to be water here. There used to be, you see, hundreds, thousands of years ago." So who made this cleft in the rocks? Says Rabbi Akiva. The soft water that just drips on the rock every day. Amarlo, he says to himself, Akiva, right, stones can be broken by water. He says to himself, there must be hope for me too. If something soft like water could break the rock, Torah, which is <coughs> sharp like iron, they could definitely break my heart, which is soft. It's a soft heart. So if soft breaks hard, surely hard can break soft. So he went to the base Madrash. They went and they sat in the first grade classroom. What 40-year-old man would sit in the first grade classroom listening to the Aleph Base? They said to the Rebbe, teach me Torah. They each held on to one side of the blackboard. Kasavlo, Aleph Beis, Valimda. He taught him Aleph Beis. And he started La'at La'at. And then he became Rabbi Akiva, who was really the Baal HaMesor for Torah Shabal Peh. Rabbi Akiva realized every moment is precious. And even if my first 40 years I might not have used properly, but he gained the message of Esther's 127 countries and... Sarah's 127 years. So one other story I wanted to share related to the power of the moment. Again, many sources can be related to this, but just one of the Gemara, which again, might be familiar to some. The story of the tragic end of Rabbi Hanina Betradion. One of the Asara Harigah Malchus, one of the ten martyrs, says there, Matzul Rabbi Hanina Betradion in source 5, Shayoshi Vosik Torah. He was sitting, he was learning. Umakil Kihilos Barabim. And he was teaching Torah. He was teaching Torah, Barabbim, giving shiurim. They say, Torah munach And he was holding a Torah. After all, they didn't have svarim in those days. What they have, they learned from the Torah. They took out a Torah and they learned from the Torah. Heavy you, Vakuchu, Besefer Torah, Rachmanu, Litzlan. What did they do? They wrapped Rabbi Chanim Etradion in the Torah. Vikifulu, Bechabalius, Muros. And they tied him up. Vikitisu, Benesar, and Rachmanu, Litzlan. They lit him on fire. Vikifu, Spukin, Shaltzemer. They took wool, wet wool, they put it on his heart. So that he would burn slower. His daughter said to him, how could I, I watch this, Abba? He says, I'd be upset if it was only me, but the Torah is also burning. Don't worry about me. Worry about the Sefer Torah. Says Rabbi Hanina. And then all of a sudden his students came. Rabbi, what do you see? What do you see in this state? Only the cloth is burning. The letters are going up. The letters of Torah never burn. 
They say to him, At least, Rebbe, open your mouth so you'll die quicker. Chanina says, that's not up to me. The one who gave me life should take me. I won't help him out. Imagine the non-Jewish executioner watching this. First seeing the daughter. What do you see? Don't worry about me. Worry about the Torah. And the Talmidim, the Osios. He's not even worried about himself. Amr Allah, Kalsal Dunari, Rebbe. The executioner realizes there's something special here. If I make the fire bigger, I take away the, the wool. Will I go to Olam Haba? If I do this one righteous act, Amr Allah, Hain, Rechimachadion says, Yes. Yes, you go to Olam Haba. He shovel, he swear to me, Nishbalacho, he swear, he swore. Miyat here, Babishal Heves. So he made the fire bigger. He took away the wool, and Rabbi Tarfun, Rabbi Chani Metradion, died. And then what happened? Says the Gemara, Afu Kafatz Benafal Yar. The executioner jumped in after him. Yatsa Baskol Va'amra. The Baskol went out. A heavenly voice. Rabbi Chani Metradion, the Kalsatuniri Muzumanahin Lachoyalomaba. Heavenly voice goes out. Metradion and the executioner are in Olam Haba. Punchline of the Gemara, Bacha Rebbe. Rebbe cried. Some get their Olam Haba in a moment. Some get their Olam Haba in many years. The question is, why would Rebbe cry? Bacha Rebbe. What did he cry for? Was he crying because he, he had to get Olam Haba for his whole life? He had to work so many years to get Olam Haba. And this guy got it <coughs> in one moment. He got Olam Haba. So is that why he was crying? So many of the Bali Musa say, no, you know why he was crying? He was crying because he saw the power of every moment. He saw the power of every second. He got Olam Haba in a moment. What, I should, what, I should, what should I use my moments for? That's what he was crying. Bacha, he realized the cloth and the value of every moment. That's Rabbi Akiva, who started when he was 40 years old. That's the Chidushi Arim. Chayisara, that's how he tried to wake up his Talmidim. Don't sleep in Shear. You sleep later on. Got to wake him up. Got to wake him up. What's the difference between the student's offer and the executioner's offer? This, what's the, that's a good question. Halachic. What's the difference between the student's offer and the executioner's offer? So the executioner's opening one's mouth, I would say, is an active, you know, doing something yourself. Just taking off an external um, hastening, like the wool, you know, God doesn't say I have to have this. You know, I could try to run out of the fire also if it was if it was possible. Opening one's mouth is more, I would say, as an active uh, involvement. <coughs> Sorry, I still have this cough. Maybe that's executioner's job. His way of doing it is his choice. Right, maybe it was his job, and also, right, he wouldn't be he would, he would be passive. But he told him it was a good idea. The question is, if the students would have wanted to light, this, light the flames. If the students would have said, make the flames high, but no, but that would have been murder. Right. So that would have been murder. You couldn't. You can't make the flames higher. That would be, be the non-Jew. Yeah. Okay, next. Next is just a one-liner. A one-liner where uh, you see again the godless of the Meshachachma. I think we have the, the triple, tri- triple crown here, third week with the Meshachachma. It's just a one-liner. Meshachachma says in source number six, question that, again, the Ron deals with and others. We have this whole discussion of Avram Avinu. He makes Eliezer swear. Fascinating. Again, just a Ha'ara. Eliezer's name is not mentioned in the entire Parsha. Right. Eliezer, Eliezer, Eliezer. We'll talk about Eliezer, Evan Avraham. Eliezer's name is not mentioned. Look in Torah, we're, we're brainwashed by Chazal. It's a good brainwashing. 
but but in the Torah Shebechsav, he's not mentioned. Sometimes he's called Eved, sometimes he's called Ish, but his name is not mentioned. So Avram makes him swear, don't take a wife from my son from Benos Canaan. You have to go, swear to me, never, never do it. Why didn't Avraham just tell Yitzchak, don't marry somebody from Canaan? Why don't you just tell his son that? He has to go roundabout, tell Eliezer, don't get a wife. Just tell Yitzchak. If Eliezer brings you back the wrong wife, don't marry him. Don't marry her. <laughs> so why didn't he just tell his son? Again, relates to the larger question of where is Yitzchak? Where is Yitzchak? We discussed it a little bit in the Akedah Shir, if you remember. So, Surah Stabah 6. The fact that he didn't command his son himself, this is a riot to the sheet of the Maharik, one of the great early Achronim, which is quoted in the Ramah. The Ramah in Shulchan Arach quotes in Hilchis Kibud Avaim. Let's say. There's a boy that wants to marry a certain girl, and she's a wonderful girl. Wonderful girl. She's a bas Torah, bas Talmud Chacham, bas Tovos, alamilus. And for some reason, the parents don't like her. Parents don't want it. Shulchan Aruch says it's tough on the parents. As long as, and this I didn't give you, but the Nitzif has a shuva, as long as there's no bizayon here, as long as there's no egregious mum involved, which again, one has to ask a postake. What, what would categorize a mum, a zilzal? There's no psak going on here. This is a parashashir. But, uh, but at least as a remez, says the Meshachachma, maybe that's what's happening here. Avram couldn't tell Yisrael because Yisrael would say, tough, I'm marrying who I want to marry. Who I want to marry. So he couldn't tell Yisrael. He could tell Eliezer, you know, arrange it that you find a great woman from, not from Canaan. Again, maybe that's why he, he could not tell Yisrael directly. Marrying outside of Canaan isn't a Right, so, I mean, that's the, the big discussion. They were both, they were both, of the Avodah So what was, what's the big difference? Well, they say one had Midos, one didn't have Midos, but again, there weren't so many to choose from at that time. There weren't so many Jews around. There weren't so many Jews around. Okay, next. Says the tour in Simon Reish Lamed Beis. Source 7. Says the tour. <coughs> According to Gemara and Brachos. Amar Bichel. It's been a week, this cough. Amar Bichel ba Amar Avhuna. Person should be very careful about davening mincha. There's something special about tefilas mincha. El Navi was only answered at mincha. Avinu, he enacted mincha. It says later on in the parsha, and he created mincha. What's so special about tefilas mincha? What's so special about Mincha? Says the tour. Vahatam. Mipresha Tilas Hashachar Zmana Yadua. Shacharis is not so hard. You wake up in the morning, you go to shul. What else do you do in the morning? You wake up, you go Davin. Zmana Yadua, Baboker. Bakumumim Vitaso. You wake up from your bed, go to Davin. Mispalmiyan Kodem. Kodem Shitorid Basakov. So you Davin in the morning, no problem. Vachain Shel Erev, Balayla Zmana Yadua. Also at night, Mairev. So before you go to sleep, Davin Mairev. And now you dav ma'ariv. You're also, you finish the whole day's work, so you go davin. When you get home. But mincha, which is the middle of the day. You're in the middle of everything. 
You're in the business deal. You're in the shopping. You're in the this. You're at. It's hard to dive in mincha. It's easiest to miss mincha. It's easiest to miss mincha. Tzarech l'ashum osa elibo. One has to focus. Ulefanos mikalasakov to stop what they're doing. Ulehis palosa. You got to stop and daven. Mincha is in the middle of everything. Mincha. Remember, one of my uh, wife's uncles told me that you know there are certain types of different types of Jews. There are the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur Jews, right? I see them in shul twice a year. Here are the Shabbos Jews, and then he says he has another type of Jew, the weekday Mincha Jews. Those Jews who were not daven at all, but they have nine Orthodox Jews in their office building, and you know. What are you going to do? So they have to daven. So on the weekdays, they're there. But there's something special about it. So they get tzachar harbe ma'od. This guy only daven is mincha. Eliyahu Navi was only answered by mincha. Because mincha is snack in the middle of the day. We break up the day. And we daven mincha. Maybe that's why the source is by Yetzel. He had to go out. He had to leave what he was doing. Maybe he had to go out. He had to break it up. Very nice. Break it up. So there's one other idea that's heard uh, after I saw uh, this tour a while ago, that maybe could give us even a little deeper insight into the fact that Mincha helps break up the day. And Mincha, we're involved in a lot of other things, but then we go and dive in Mincha. By the way, for men and women, men and women, the Mishnah Burr says women have to dive in Chakras and Mincha. Right, Ma'ariv, okay. Ma'ariv, uh, they were never Makabalit, but Chakras and Mincha, if possible. Says Rav Chaim Shmulevitz. There's a well-known thought of Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, but there's a Hosafa that is kind of opposite, but additional to what he says. Heishu Levitz is the following. Source number eight. In Sichlis Musa. He has a piece there on Bain Hazmanim. It's a piece on Bain Hazmanim. He gets into the idea of breaks. Hefsekim. Hefsekim breaks. Vikram Shilu was shall hefsik. What's a hefsik? A hefsik is, let's somebody's learning, they take a five minute break. Let's say you have, you're boiling up water on the fire. I want the water to get cooked. If you want it to get cooked, you have to leave it there till it boils. Let's say I'm going to leave it on there for an hour. But every five minutes, I'm going to take it off for five minutes. So it's never going to get boiled. It's the same hour. But if you keep having breaks in the middle, it's going to get cold. Hefsekim breaks in the middle of something breaks the consistency, and even, it's not just the fact that there's a break, but it even hurts <coughs> what one is trying to do in the first place. The boiling will never occur because of the breaks in the middle. He says, where is this, an amazing application of this? And again, it's hard for us to understand this application. I guess it's Rabbi Akiva again. But it was a different time, but uh, we have to take the message of it. It's our Rabbi Akiva Matzinu, the Gemara tells us in Masechus Ksubis, the story of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva went to learn for 12 years in yeshiva, away from his wife. And he comes home, he's on his way home, and he's walking home, and all of a sudden he sees the, his wife, so he wants to surprise his wife. So he walks behind her, he's very close, and he overhears his wife say to her friends, her friends say, oh, you know, Rabbi Akiva, your husband's coming home today. She says, you know what, if it was up to me, He'd spend another 12 years there. His learning is so precious. His learning is so special. He's keeping the world going with his learning. This is Rabbi Akiva. He could go for another 12 years. What did Rabbi Akiva do? Turned around and went back to yeshiva. 
That's what the Gemara says. And the Gemara ends off 12 years later, after 24 years, she, he comes home and he's with all his Talmidim and all of a sudden she starts walking up to Rabbi Akiva and the Talmidim are like, who is this woman? Who is this? Get away, what are you doing? Rabbi Akiva says, you better stop because everything that we have is hers. Shalim shalachem shalahi. Right? Everything that we have is because of her. Said Rabbi Akiva to his Talmidim. But before that, earlier, so he had this, he overheard, he turns around and goes back. The kasha, the famous kasha that everyone asks is, he couldn't just say hello. Honey, how you doing? Great to see you. See you in another 12. Right? He couldn't just say hello to her? V'nifla, line 8. V'nifla, the Rebbe Medesenu. We can't even understand this. Right? Where's Bakarasatov? He had to wait another 12 years to say thank you. They didn't have email. They didn't have email in those days. They didn't even, ha- they didn't even have letters. Handwritten letters. Maybe they did. Why didn't he just go in to say hello? He knows that he has Rishus. So what's the big deal? It's like somebody who's, who's finally convinced his parents to let him go Shana Bet. Then there's no danger of going back to New York for the summer because he already knows he can come Shana Bet. So let him go and then go back. <laughs> so why can't he just say hello to her? Says Rav Chaim Shvalevitz, turning the page, Rabbi Akiva knew what it would mean. If he would say hello to his wife, it would mean staying there for a while, being there for a while, wouldn't it just be a, a quick hello? It would be a hefsik. It would be, he was probably learning on the, the whole way home. Well, he didn't uh, just stop when he was traveling. So he knew there would be a hefsik. And therefore he didn't want to go. And in the words of Rechaim Shvalevitz, excuse me, in the words of Rechaim Shvalevitz, Eino Dome, 12 years and 12 years versus 24 years. You can't compare the two. 24 years straight, Versus 12 years and 12 years, he knew the difference. And he knew that this is what his wife would want. Next paragraph on line 9. Not only the great uh, uh, danger in the hefsik, you might lose what you've already accomplished. Why did he want to go in? Right, we can't compare a, a complete item to two halves of an item. The Av Shachaf Dalit Shana, Haim Base Pamim Yud Base Shana, even though 24 is just double 12, we call Makam Chaf Dalit Shana, Haim Mitziut Acheret. The Ain Base Pamim Yud Base Shana, Shavim Lachaf Dalit Shana. He knew that Hefsek would undermine the lofty goal that he would, might be able to achieve if he wouldn't go in. And he knew that's what his wife would want. That's why he didn't go in. So this part of it is, is somewhat known. But once heard from a chaver of mine, uh, Rav Yisrael Kamenetsky, who's the Menahel in, uh, in the Halb Yeshiva, in DRS, he said you can look at it just the other way, which exactly fits in. A hefzik would break up the learning, but the other way too. If somebody is not learning for a whole day and they break it up in the middle, they break it up in the middle with a mincha, with a learning, with a 10-minute cheer, with a little seder on the phone, with a dafyomi at lunch, Eino dome, a whole day of learning versus a whole day of not learning versus five hours of not learning and five hours of not learning, being involved in otherworldly pursuits. If we could break it up with something spiritual, so then that that'll make all the difference. Sometimes it's hard. We're away. We're involved in our parnasa. We're involved in in uh, different different aspects of the world, and it's somewhat harder to feel spiritual all the time. So if we could break it up, or or we're just being osaken. In, in all the needs that we have, all the, all the, everything we have to take care of and all the errands. We have this errand, that's ten different errands. Einodome, ten errands versus five errands with a mincha and then another five errands. That's tefillah's mincha. 
it helps imbue our day with spirituality and helps break it up so that it won't be a longer idea. Just like Rav Chaim said it in the positive way. To have something positive for a consecutive amount of time, so too we can look at it the other way, that to break up something that's not as positive with something like Mincha, so that could, that's a deeper idea of why Mincha is so special and unique. Okay, two more things. Number one is a gra. Classic gra, ingenious gra in source number 10. Pazak says, the, towards the end of the parsha. Source 10. Right, it's bold The children of the Pilagshim of Avraham, da da da, and it lists off the whole, the whole family tree. So Rashi quotes, Pirish Rashi, the Gra quotes it in Source 10. Ha Pilagshim Chaser Ksif. Pilagish is written without a yud. Right, it's Chaser. Lafi Shalohaisa El Pilagish Achas. Because really he only had one Pilagish, one concubine. One Pilagish. He Hagar, he Keturah. Doesn't say pilegish with a yud. Uh, it just says right to allude to us that there was only one. And then Rashi adds, what's the difference between a regular wife and a concubine in halacha? Nashim b'ksuba, women. Nashim, a wife has a ksuba. Pilakshim below ksuba. Pilakshim don't have a ksuba. Pilakshim don't have a ksuba. So question one: the akati tzarech biur madua nechtav mem besofo. So what is the last mem doing? If it's written chaser, because you only have one pilagesh, why doesn't it say levne hapilagesh? Asher Avraham. What's pilagshim? What does it have that mem there for? So just say pilagesh. Question one. Question two asks the Gra, what's the segue of Rashi? The first half of Rashi and the second half of Rashi. Rashi says, why does it say pilagshim chaser? Because he only had one. By the way, let me let you know what the difference is between a pilagesh and an anisha. What is Rashi throwing that in for? Rashi is not giving us hilchas pilagshim here. There are many halachas of Pilagish. Look at the Rambam. As if Rashi's trying to... Is there a connection between the two halves of Rashi? What is the message? So to answer those two questions, the Gura asks another question. A linguistic question. The Gura says, the Gura Baba Kama tells us, you see it there, Petas, Asr Adam Ladur, Mishto Belo Ksuba. A man and a woman are allowed to live together without a Ksuba. Right? A Ksuba is not a marriage document. They're fully married without a Ksuba. But in order for a husband and a wife to be able to live together, they need a Ksuba. Why is it called Ksuba? Asks the Gura. Why not, isn't it called ksav? Ksav, a, a written piece of paper. Where's the ksav? What's ksuba? Why ksuba? What's the added letters of ksuba? So says the Gerah, the Gemara, and Sota. Line 9. Elokiya, dua, kishem. Let's answer all three questions. Shashem, ka, shor, isha. We know that Hashem's name rests between husband and wife. Right? Ish and isha. Ish has the Yud, Isha has the Hey, Yud and Hey, Hashem's name. Without that, there's Ish, there's fire. Right? So Ish for Isha, Hashem's name re- resides in a man and a woman. You have the Yud and the Hey in Ish and Isha, but if you want Yud Ke Vavke, you want the whole Shem Hashem, that's Ksuba, the extra two letters. You have the Vav and the Hey, it's not Ksav. It's Ksuba. Chazal put in the extra Vav and the Hey into Ksuba in order to fill out the whole Shem Hashem. You have Yudke Vavke. You have the Yud and the Ish, and the He and the Isha, and the Vav and the He in Ksuba, so you have Yudke Vavke. Lefichach Asur That's why you can't live without a Ksuba. Why? Because if you only if you don't have a Ksuba, you only have half a name. You only have Yud and He, whereas Yudke Vavke. Achein. Bipilegesh says the Grashain Laksuba, but a Pilegesh doesn't have a Ksuba. 
So she only has half an A. She doesn't have a ksuba. Bamas nechzer Hashem, says the Granelis Vidrashi. Pilagshim chasrksiv. It's written chaser because he only had one pilegish. Why is it called pilagshim? Look at the word. Plag shame. Rashi is hinting to what? What's that extra mem doing there? If it's only one pilegish. That's the second half of Rashi. No, no, no. Because remember, pilegish doesn't have a ksuba. And only an Isha has a ksuba. And that's why it's pilagshim. Plag shame. Pilagshim. Plag means half. Plugta is, a, is an argument in Aramaic. Because when you're arguing, you're, you're half on one side, half on the other side. Bar plugta. Plag, palgimayim. Because water splits off. So plag is always half. So that's Rashi. The two halves of Rashi. The second half of Rashi explains that a pilagish doesn't have a ksuba. And that's why there's a mem in the Pasuk. Because really it's hinting to plag shame. Half of shame Hashem is the only thing that the, the, um, she has. This is the first time the word pilagish appears in the Torah. That's why uh, maybe Rashi's alluding to it here. Pilegish by Avraham. Here it's written Malay. In it's written Malay. In yeah. the text. You have what? Well, Rashi obviously didn't have that. Ah, so right, here you have, you have two, yeah, in that one, you have the, you have the two yuds. Okay, but Rashi obviously didn't have that. Rashi didn't have that. So what does that mean, that Rashi had a different... So what did Rashi, chaser, what the Gemara says, lo bakin and bachaseris v'yaseros. We're not bakin, sometimes there are extra letters. We're not, we're not bakin in ones that don't change the meaning of a word. But um, again, the Gemara is giving uh, depth to what Rashi said. Okay, what do we have? Uh, time for two more. <coughs> time for two more? We're good? Okay. I thought there was two more before, but really there's... forgot. There's another one. Um, okay, source 11. The Kohelet Yitzchak. It's quoted in the Sefer Lekach Tov. Again, another beautiful set. A la Torah, a gathering. Two questions. Back to the beginning of the parsha. Avram Avinu comes to, be, to bury his wife and the... What's in that Chumash? Like what? <coughs> Mitzri and Pilag Shim. Meaning it should be a double Yud. Chaser is only with one Yud. <coughs> with one, you have to look at the Mepharshim on Rashi. Look at the Maral and the Mizrahi. Look at the Mepharshim on Rashi. Pilagesh, Pilag Shim. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, okay, so Avram comes to be Masbid Sarah and to cry. So two questions. Number one, we know this is an all chamashim, and also in the Torah, the kaf, the kaf in the livkota is small. The kaf in livkota is called a kaf zeira. A kaf zeira. So this whole, whole sefer I got from a friend of mine who's a rav in uh, in the Tivarye now. So he has a rav and He has a whole sefer on the big and small letters in Tanakh. All there really is a number of big letters, number of small letters. So all the big the whole sefer on that. But he has one of them, right? The small kaf. Small kaf, Belif Kota. Why is there a small kaf in, in Belif Kota? Number one. Number two, a question that's asked by the Nitziv that you see there and also by others. Usually, first there's crying. That's the first reaction. And then there's hespid. Then there's evaluation and eulogy given. But here it's opposite. So why is it opposite? Why here does it have hespid before it has bechi? Those are the two questions that are asked by the Kohelis Yitzchak. So he answers, again, we're not going to read the whole thing inside to save time, but he answers based on a Pirkadur Balazar. Pirkadur Balazar, which we know, after the Akedah, right, it's nowhere in Torah Shabbat but all we know is that the end of Parshas Vayera is the Akedah, the beginning of Chayisara, Sarah is dead. Something happened. Something happened. So that's where Pirkadur Balazar fills in, the Satan came to Sarah, you know what just happened? Right, she's like, no, what happened? She's like, I saw your husband binding your son. <gasps> And there was no animal in sight. 
Right? A whole nice story. The sign made up for, for uh, Sarah, and ultimately, Sarah, Sarah died. Sarah died. Ask the Kohelis Yitzchak on the next page already. What was the purpose of what the Satan was doing here? We know who a Satan, who a Yitzhahara. The Satan usually doesn't like to take revenge or just to, to hurt people. The Satan likes to challenge people. The Satan mm-hmm. is also a Shliach of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. He's also a messenger of God. Right, so what was the Tachlis here? What was the Tachlis in causing Sarah's death? What challenge was there? He just, just Sarah died. What was the purpose of this whole charade that he was doing? Why did he scare her? So explains the Kohelet Yitzchak. Again, it's written here on page three. The Satan never gives up. First, he tries to get us, Satan Huayi Tzahar, he tries to get us not to do a mitzvah. But you know what? Even after he does not succeed and we overcome, he doesn't stop. You know what he tries to do? He tries to get us to regret that we did it. The Gemara says if we regret that we did a mitzvah, we lose the credit for that mitzvah. But sometimes we do something and we're like, if we, do a, if we do a mitzvah, it takes a little longer than we thought it would. We volunteer for a committee and maybe I didn't expect it to be such a headache. And we're like, maybe I shouldn't, maybe, you know, was this really worth it? That's called Toa al Rishonos, right? So the sun doesn't stop. You know, is it was more comfortable beforehand. Should I have done this? So he doesn't stop. So by every mitzvah, he tries before and he tries after. He said that's what he's even alluded to in, in Hashkivenu, which we say every night. And in front of us and after behind us all. After we did it, he doesn't stop. So you know what this whole charade was for? The Satan knew the Akedah was a defining moment in Jewish history. He knew that this was going to be terrible for him. The Akedah? I'm the Satan. And put me out of business. So it was done already. So he says, the only chance I have is to find a way to get Avraham to regret what he did. Maybe if I cause the Akedah to bring Sarah's death, then he'll regret it. And then the whole schar would go down the drain and that would not be a defining moment in Jewish history. That was the whole purpose. That was the whole purpose. He did not succeed, right? We know the Satan tried to dress up on the way to the Akedah. That's one of the reasons we do Tashlich. He dressed up like a big river and he was blocking Avram. Avram went through it and that's when we do Tashlich on Rosh Hashanah, which was where the Akedah occurred. We read about the Akedah. He tried a lot beforehand. He didn't succeed. Didn't succeed. So what happened? He tried afterwards. He got Sarah. He caused Sarah's death. He caused Sarah's death. So what does Avram do? Avram comes to the Leviah. Comes to the Leviah. He wants to show the Satan, no, 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 no. I'm upset. But I'm going to first be masked her. The Bechi is going to be later and even the Bechi is going to be muted, a little cuff. Because the Bechi, which would show the emotional sorrow, regret, Avram wanted to minimize that and push that off and delay it as much as possible. That's what's alluded to in the switch of the order and that's why the cuff is is small. Okay, one final thought for tonight, which I, which is, you don't have any mucker for it, it's based on a Rashi at the end of the Parsha, but you could write, uh, if you have notes, you could write it on the back. I heard this from Rav Melech Shechter, Rav Shechter's father, who I had the schluss of driving to and from Borough Park for, for two or three years when he used to live in Borough Park and Sharonel of Racha before he was Nifter, so he used to tell me different divrei Torah in the, in the car. So it was a Zen Nen of Zen Nen. 
So he says that uh, when Rav Yonas and Ibishitz went to meet his future father-in-law, so he, they used to, they went to meet in between cities, in between towns. They went to a tavern, some tavern that was in the towns. They went to have a drink, and uh, so the future father-in-law says, Rav Yonas and Ibishitz, so new, tell me of art. Tell me, future father-in-law, got to tell me of art. So he said, okay, give me a safer. So what say who has a safer in a tavern? They looked around, they can't find anything. Oh, they found the sitter. Found the sitter. Wonderful. Give me a sitter. Okay, give me a sitter. So I have to stay apart from a sitter. So what if it was up to me and you? Okay, give me Pirkeovos. Find me something nice. Maybe it has lining in the back. I can say something on the parsha. He opens up to Rabbi Shmuel Omer. Rabbi Shmuel Omer, the end of Parsha's Karbanos. Shmuel Omer, where it talks about all the Yud Gimomidos, the different ways that Chazal Darsh in the Torah. Kalvachomer, Xavier Shava, Klalo Pradoklal, a general, a a uh, specific. So the and I have three questions. I have three questions that are Bishmal Omer. Number one, usually when you have a machlokas between two opinions, the way that it's formulated in the Mishnah or in the Gemara is the first opinion says the opinion, and then you go Divrei Rebbe Yehuda, and then Rebbe Yehuda, Omer, dot, dot, dot. When you start off a paragraph with somebody talking, it's always Oma Rebbe Yishmael, Oma Rebbe Yehuda. The verb is always first. Rabbi Shmuel Omer is the beginning of the paragraph. It should be Amr Rabbi Shmuel, not Rabbi Shmuel Omer. Rabbi Shmuel Omer is as if he's arguing on somebody. Kasha one. Kasha two. How is there a Rabbi Yishmael? <laughs> Yishmael is not one of the more popular names that we use nowadays. Right? Yishmael is something we try to overcome. How could there be a Rabbi Yishmael? Kasha number three. In Rabbi Yishmael, we know two of the Midos, two of the 13, Yudgimo Midos, is Klalu Prat and Pratu Klal. Klalu Prat means the Torah has a general rule and then gives specific examples, then that's a certain way of learning. And if it's Pratu Klal, if it says first the specifics and then the general, then that's a certain way of darshaning. So Klalu Prat, Pratu Klal, Klalu Pratu Klal, right, all different rules that you have. Answer your time, just one minute. Ein Mukta Mumuchar Batorah. The Torah is not written in order. So how could you say, oh, this Pasuk has a general and then a specific statement, so you'd learn it this way. And this one has a specific statement and then a general statement, then you learn it this way. And this one has all these rules, but the Torah is not in order anyway. So how could you have any of these, any of these methods of, dar- of, of, of learning, of darshan halachas? Three kashas. How could they be Rabbi Yishmael? Why is it Rabbi Yishmael? Omer, not Omer, Rabbi Yishmael. And number three, he says to his future father-in-law, you know, there's big, big, high stakes here, right? He says to his father-in-law, Number three, how could they be klal prat prat klal ein muktum Because you know what the answer is a Rashi at the end of Chayesara. Rashi quotes the end of Chayesara. If you look it up in Parachaf Hey Pasuk Tes, Vayikbru Yitzchak v'Yishmael Asavim Avinu Asavihem. Yitzchak Avim Avinu dies, and Yitzchak and Yishmael bury their father. Yitzchak is first in the pasuk, though he's younger. Or Yishmael is older than Yitzchak. What does Rashi quote there? Mikan. Sha'asa Yishmael Tshuva. The fact that Yitzchak is first in the Pasuk, oh, this tells me that Yitzchak must have, uh, Yishmael must have done Tshuva. I ask you, Renan Ibish, it's one minute. There's no, the Chazal of that Yitzchak's first before Yishmael. So what do you mean? So maybe Yishmael went first. What's the answer? Gemara Psachim tells us on Davav, is only when you have like Ideas or inyanim that are separate from each other. In the same pasik, you don't say that. No, it really should be Moshe Vayidaber Lamar Hashem Omer. You don't say that. 
If it's one Pasuk, if it's one Inyan, the Gemara says there is order in the Torah. Yesh Seder by Torah. So that's why Chazal Medayek. If it's Yitzchak and Yishmael, Yitzchak goes first. Rebbe Yishmael. The fact that there is a Rebbe Yishmael. Why is there a Rebbe Yishmael? Because he did Tshuva. He was a Tzadik in his life. The fact that there is a Rebbe Yishmael, Omer, teaches me, tells me, that you could darshan, klalu prat, prat klal, and all the rules that I'm going to say in this paragraph. That's why all three answer, Omer, what do I mean? Omer, Rabbi Yishmael, no, Omer teaches me, Rabbi Yishmael, Rabbi Yishmael, Omer, no, Rabbi Yishmael, the fact that there is a Rabbi Yishmael, based on Rashi and Chayisara, the fact that there is a Rabbi Yishmael, Omer, teaches me that I'm allowed to do the following, klalu prat, prat klal, specific general, because it's all in one Indian. When it's in one Indian, you say, there is a Seder to the Torah. You don't say the Torah is out of order, because it's one Indian, that's exactly what Rashi did at the end of Chayisara. All three answered. Father-in-law said, wonderful, you could have my daughter's hand in marriage, and they lived happily ever after. Hashem, we will live happily ever after until next week when we pick up with Parshas Told Us.